Protestants worship God through their spirit-filled worship services, fellowship, and Bible studies. Catholics worship God through their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house who fight over who God loves more just because he gave us different colored rooms. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. But it doesn't have to end this way. If we want to beat the enemy, Protestants and Catholics must join forces. But how? Stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are the same. We are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. There are 120 million Protestants and Catholics in America. Imagine if we stopped fighting each other and started fighting the enemy and his evildoers. Imagine if we all pointed in the same direction, back towards God. Imagine if we started voting for laws that align with God's laws. What would happen? We believe that God's hand of protection and favor would heal our land and bring us back to one nation under God. We like this idea so much, we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians share shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their lives and what happened next. Grab your pen and paper because in the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to increase your faithfulness, your fruitfulness, and your fulfillment in God's kingdom. Let's go. Today, my featured guest is Bruce Pittman. He is a certified John Maxwell coach and trainer, but more than that, He's a writer, he's a speaker, he's a coach. He uh, serves as a family pastor at Bind Baptist Church in Albany, Georgia, USA. Uh, he's been in vocational ministry for over 30 years. He's written four books, including a children's book, and he's go- ghostwritten two other books. He's married to, I'm guessing, his best friend, Kim. Uh, they have two amazing sons, Ryan and Wesley. Um and, uh, you know, he's a grandpappy. He's a grandpappy, man. He's super grateful for the blessings God has given him in his life. And, you know, Bruce's purpose, BC Nation, is helping people grow and guide them to experience the life that they were created to live. One that is rich and satisfying, given to you by your Heavenly Father. If your life does not feel this way right now, well, then there's a disconnect somewhere. So we're going to get to that today. I remember back in the day, Bruce, when my life was very unfulfilling, very dissatisfying to the point where I wanted to take my own life and end it. And some people find themselves right there right now. So if that's you, BC Nation, this is going to be your episode. Let's see what God has for you. So Bruce Pittman, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics, where you and I stand for like God bringing us all together, right? Where we worship the same God, we just do it differently. We don't need to fight over the theology, but let's speak about what we have in common. Right, And let's fight the enemy together as he and his evildoers are getting arrogant and proud and trying to destroy our country. 
destroy our world. So, Bruce, welcome to the show. Go ahead and take 30 Thank seconds. You. Fill in any of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah, man. Appreciate the opportunity to be on the <clears throat> podcast of BC Nation. This is awesome, man. I'm so glad to see good things happening and people's lives being touched by what you, you guys are doing through this. So this is awesome. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I'm not sure any blanks that I can fill in. I do like chocolate chip cookies. I think that's a, a I'm a big fan of that. So are those. So I'm, I'm happy to uh, share that information with you as well. <laughs> Chocolate chip cookies, guilty pleasures. All right. Share something personal other than chocolate chip cookies. Uh, something <laughs> personal about you that very few people in your ministry life actually know. Hmm. Um, um, I have done some church planting as well. As far as ministry goes, I've been involved in that. And that was uh, part of a uh, led to a very difficult burnout season for me uh, years ago. And so I sort of at the end of my rope emotionally and spiritually, I suppose. And so that was a growing season, though. This thing, you know, those things, God always turns them around and make them good. That comes out of the difficult. And he's promised to do that. And he always does. So um, that's kind of a vulnerable moment that I've actually written about as well and shared that story, too. So mm. I'm grateful to have been through that and to see the, the fruit that's come from it. Awesome. I'd like to dive into that just a little bit, but not yet. First, I wanted sure. to uh, ask you, take us back in time. When did you first experience God in your life uh, in a real and tangible way that was undeniable? Mm -hmm. You're like, man, he's my father. I am his son. He has a plan for me. Some of us, we wait, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years to experience that. Some of us haven't even experienced it yet. Take us back in time. Um, how were you raised? When did you experience God? Tell us that story. Yeah. yeah, man. I was raised in a Christian home. My father was a pastor, a bivocational pastor. A lot of folks will understand that. I suppose that he had a secular job of sorts, I guess. And then, but he also pastored a church. And so I guess I was actually attending church before I was born. And, uh, but then when I was born and I was raised in the church, um, but it wasn't, I would say my late childhood when I like made this like, you know, I want to follow Jesus. I want my sins to be forgiven. And I want to walk and know with God and know God. And then, uh, Joseph, it's been interesting that it's kind of been a, I don't know, a thing that's grown in me. You know, there are few, I can't think of any like moments when things shifted. But for me, it's been as time has progressed, things have gradually moved in the direction likeness and a growing intimacy with the father and so it's been a growing season a growing lifetime i suppose of faith for me so there have been moments you know that things happen and i understood things better um and like oh i, I can do that and move in that direction so it's been a it's been a journey of sorts mm. so this is at a very early age you made that decision right like yeah, I nine, know 19 God. years old. Yeah. 19 yeah. years old. Okay. No, so nine lot... or 10. Nine oh, or nine ten. or 10. Okay. Yeah, you sorry. have an accent like I do, except what? it's different. <laughs> it's a little different New York and you know, the South, yeah. but, uh, all right. Beautiful. So I like God loves diversity. Yes. He yeah. Does. All right. Yeah. So like at a young age, nine or 10, you had the wherewithal, the wisdom, the clarity mm -hmm. to say, Hey, I want to seek God. I want real relationship with him. Did you ever mm -hmm. fall away? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say in a like 
you know, I didn't fall into bad stuff like drugs and getting arrested and, and banks or anything like that. But, you know, when you grow, when you grow up in faith like that, it can too easily become a casual thing. You know, you just, you just do it, man. You go through the routines and you, you do the program and you read the books and you have your Bible. And, and again, I'm not knocking it. Don't give me, I don't mean to be throwing rocks or sound like I am, but it just becomes a casual, a nonchalant kind of thing. So it's easy to, to just make it a part of the routine loses its meaning. And I think maybe you mentioned 19. Uh, it was probably about that time frame that I, I had no direction in life. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was, you know, in high school and going into college, like what in the world am I going to do? And you know, you get asked that question all the time when you're that age, or at least I did. And I had no answer. And so that was where I think maybe my lack of direction, God used to give me a focused direction. And that's where I started thinking about ministry as a vocational uh, focus. And because here's what's cool, uh, Joseph, is that when I was like earlier in my teen years, I'd seen my dad pastor and he didn't have any like, like horror you know, stories about being a pastor as some have. Uh, it, um, but I said to myself, and I probably said this out loud some others, like, you know what? I'll never be a pastor. <laughs> that was like the last thing on my list of to do's or want to's is being a pastor. And so then when I would get 19, 20 years old, I take this mission trip to this, well, you know what it's like to be in South Florida, how difficult it is. <laughs> so I had a mission trip for the summer of the South Florida, West Palm Beach. And I struggled with that really bad. <laughs> Uh, but it was there that God really began to confirm that I felt in my mind and heart that he wanted me to actually be in ministry full time. And so that's where, again, it was a gradual growing thing in my life. But that's where I'm like, you know what? There was another step of surrender for me to follow Jesus and like, OK, I'm going to do this thing with him. Mm. BC Nation, you hear time and time again on this show, guest after guest after guest, when they speak about the transformation God has done in their life, they use the same word over and over again. Surrender. Mm. Surrender. Yeah. And in the eyes of the world, surrender sounds bad, especially as men. It means you gave up, you quit. Someone else overpowered you, right? You lost the war. You're a loser, right? This is what surrender means. But in the spiritual realm, this is exactly what Jesus calls each and every one of us to, to lay down our lives to him, the king of the kings, to surrender our will, our ego, our pride to him. And when we do, until we do, our life is under our control and it's not a good kingship. Let's be real. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> when, I, when I'm running my life, Bruce, Things go bad. Mm -hmm. They just mm -hmm. do. They may go well for a minute or two, and I'm like, look at me. Everyone, look at me. You see what I did? Look at hmm. that. And then all of a sudden, crash and burn and consequences. But when I finally put God first, you put God first, you know, it's not all triumphant right out the gate. Mm -hmm. It could just be steady and patient and peaceful, but it's good. Mm -hmm. What do you want to say about that in your own life? Yeah. Uh, 
Well, the other side of that of surrender is that in that surrender, there's also victory on the other side of it. You know, when you give like surrender control, like God takes control. And that's when, you know, like you said, things may not automatically just shift, but there's a sense of peace and, and a greater confidence that God's in charge of this thing. God's in charge of my life. And so, you know, I'm going to focus on following him, let all the chips either fall into places I think they should or, or, or as they don't, but even if they don't, he's in control. And so I can follow him with, with assurance about that. Mm. Now, Bruce, how did you specifically surrender to God? Like what were the steps you took? If you could put it into steps, is there a proven path to actually surrender to God? It's a nice thought, but how do we do it? Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, Joseph, I don't think there's a necessarily a specific path that everybody has to follow. Uh, Because I look in like, Moses, he had a burning bush, you know, and Abraham had a mountain called Moriah and a son that he took there and he brought back and, and all these different people in the scriptures, Peter, you know, his encounter with Jesus and folks throughout the scriptures, they weren't all like, I'm sure there's some common traits in all those things, but at the end of the day, I, didn't, I don't see like this is the path because God has everyone on a different path. At least that's my perception of things. And yet he, he's bringing and inviting, which I think is even a better word. He's inviting all of us to this point of surrender and not, and just because you surrendered in the past doesn't mean you don't still need to surrender in the present and in the future. Mm-hmm. I bet you found this to be true too, that there, that as I go through life, I encounter new and different situations and, and God's always saying, okay, surrender this, you know, let me take control. Let me use you to say something or do something, make an impact for other people. And so, and it's always a constant life of surrendering things, surrendering life situations, people, relationships, finances, continually surrendering those things to Jesus to follow him. Bruce, what was the last thing you surrendered to God and how did you do it specifically? Last thing I surrendered to God. Um, There's some relationships in my life right now that I, that I, as I thought about it, try to look at what could I do to fix that change that, you know, shift or maneuver. And it's like nothing, <laughs> there's nothing I can do because you can't change people. Um, and so I said, all right, Lord, I, you know, I'm here as your servant, give me the wisdom and the discernment and the guidance and the clarity and whatever else I need to, to make a difference in these relationships. But if there's nothing I can do every day, and I think this is part of it for me every day when I want, to, to uh, focus on trying to control or change that situation or purpose, I come back and say, oh, you know, I can't do that, Lord. I, I've given that to you. And so again today, this morning, this afternoon, whenever I'm tempted, I'm giving that to you and just surrendering those things to you. Mm. So, BC Nation, have you ever found that there are those people in your life that just do things that irritate you? And you try to fix them, you try to change them, but you just can't. See, I believe you can't change people, Mm. but God can change hearts. And changed hearts change people. Right. That's the formula. This is what Bruce is talking about. Mm -hmm. So who are the relationships in your life right now that need change? And are you going to finally let go of, of that rock of control where you're trying to change them, change the relationship, manipulate it, maneuver it, mm-hmm. hand it to God and ask God 
God, would you be willing to change that person's heart? Would you be willing to take over this entire relationship and restore it in a way I can't? Like Bruce, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, um, it's learning. And I think learning to do that, like in your own mind and, and to let go of that emotionally and spiritually. Um, and at the same time, being willing to be the agent God uses to change people, you know, mm. is to say the thing, to be honest, to be, to love someone enough to either step into that moment and say, Hey, this is what I see, or to step away from that moment and say, you know what? I, I can't say anything. I'm just going to back off. And, and cause you know, what's, what's cool, Joseph is how God uses strangers to speak into our lives, you know, and I don't have a specific incident, but I, I've had people just total strangers, you know, I've encountered, I feel like, and they, they just say stuff and it just, it just shifts things around or conversations like this, you know, people are listening to right now, they hear stuff and, you know, and it reminds them of this conversation or relationship with a mm. coworker or a friend, you know, and it just, and things just shift around for people. So it's really cool how it just reminds me God's in so much in control of things. We have no idea, no idea. His thoughts are bigger than ours. His ways are bigger than ours. Man, it's just mind blowing. Bruce, I am with you on that. You know, you're making me think of a recent relationship in my life. And I asked God to take over it. I surrendered the relationship because this person was just irritating every part of my being. They just knew how to trigger me. You know what oh, I'm saying? Man. Yeah. They yeah. said the things that just triggered. There was the buttons. They saw the big red button on my chest and they just pressed it over and over again. Oh my and I just, I, I didn't want to be around them. So I just avoided them. Uh-huh. But I really couldn't because they were within my extended family. And so I just surrendered it all to God. And, uh, you know, it's interesting going back to like, hey, God, can you change their heart? You know how God restored the relationship, Bruce? Man, I want to know. Tell me. (laughs) He changed my heart. I was asking him to change their heart. And he changed my heart. And the way he did that, BC Nation, he asked me to go ask forgiveness to that person. Oh my, wow, yeah. yeah. And I was like, God, but I didn't do anything wrong. He said, go ask them for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. They need it. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking you because you did something wrong. I'm asking you because you prayed for restoration. Yeah. Forgiveness is the key. Right, yeah. You need to go first. They're not going to. So if you want the relationship restored, Joseph, go first. So, man, I didn't want to, Bruce. (laughs) I felt so self-righteous. But obedience is always immediate with God. Mm -hmm. So I obeyed, and I did. And do you know what? They softened up. That other person softened up after I said, hey, I occurred a certain way. I let my anger take over. I apologize. I was wrong. Would you be willing to forgive me? And I didn't bring up what they did that Mm -hmm. triggered my anger. Like I left that out of the conversation and I just apologized. Would you be willing to forgive me? And then they came back. Absolutely. I want a good relationship with you. I'll do whatever it takes. Like, you know, and they brought God into the conversation. And all of a sudden there's hope in that 
mm. relationship where before there was just despair. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. It's powerful, right? Like God did yeah. that, man. Right. So BC right. Nation, that's what we're talking about. And I'm not sharing that story to like say, oh, look at me. Look what I did. I did not want to do that. Mm. My human brokenness did not want to forgive or ask for forgiveness, especially when I felt right. Yeah. But there's a person in your life you've been asking God to restore a relationship or heal a relationship or somehow cause workability where there's no workability. I promise you, forgiveness is the key and you must go first. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't wait for the other person, man. <clears throat> be the initiator. You'll be for waiting sure. for 30 years <laughs> and then someone dies and it's too <clears throat> late and then you have regret. Right. 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 So, Bruce... Where have you resisted God in your life, if I may be so bold to ask? Mm. Like, what stands out to you? Um, nothing big. There have probably been some situations, uh, probably most of them are relational. You know, like you're just talking about um, having these hard conversations with people. I'm not a confrontational kind of guy, you know? And so having those difficult conversations with someone, whether it was like what you're saying, where I need to apologize to them or I need to do something to mend it is I've never been a, a fan of that. And on and being a participant, like it's wonderful hearing you <laughs> do that, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's never uh, enjoyable when I'm the guy or the gal that has to, have that conversation. So probably my greatest moments of resistance with God have been in those having those hard conversations with people. Mm. All right. So maybe that's the title of this episode, how to have the hard conversation you've been avoiding. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like this yeah. is, this is it. Bruce is struggling with it. I was struggling with it. I still struggle with it. Bruce, I'm not the guy that goes, Oh yeah. I want to go ask for forgiveness when I, I know I didn't mess up. Like, no, nah. yeah. like that's yeah. awkward and uncomfortable. And BC Nation, you feel the exact same way as us. We're all the same in that struggle. Mm -hmm. It's our pride. Mm -hmm. It's just pride. This is the greatest sin. God wants it out of us. Mm -hmm. The way you get it out of you is you ask for forgiveness. God, would you be willing to forgive me? I screwed up. Yeah. And then, yeah. hey, go ask the person you screwed up with. Would you be willing <laughs> to forgive me? Right. And then there's one more party. Oh, by the way, ask yourself. Forgive yourself. Yeah, 100%. So yeah. many of us don't forgive ourselves after, right? Yeah. So, all right, Bruce, yeah. where have you been cooperating with God? Where have you been cooperating with God? Like his will, his plan. Where are you mm -hmm. cooperating? Yeah, that's, um, that's, I'm trying to think that how to say this. It's like, been like an overall theme ever since I was, as I mentioned earlier, as a, a late teenager moving into college years, just Lord, what is your will? What is it you want me doing? And who is it? I suppose who is it you want me to be more than just what is it you want me to do? And so it's, it's been a incredible thing just to go through this different seasons of life and to see God revealing his will and his purposes that again, as I mentioned, are mind blowing just beyond my comprehension. And so I, um, as a pastor 
as a writer, as a, I've been done, I've done, you know, bereavement counseling also. And so I've been in those different seasons of life. And when you get older, you can look back and see, you know, how different seasons God's been involved in each of those all along the way. And so I've um, just um, like right now, as I'm writing has become more important and I sense that's God's calling and direction in my life. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Are you scared? Are you ever scared? Like when it comes to say writing or God puts a book idea in you and mm-hmm. you're like, I don't want to write about that. Like, mm-hmm. Ooh, anything like that? No, I guess my, there is fear involved, but it's more fear of what, how people will respond as so, opposed to me actually putting that out there in public. Okay. Would that be like a fear of rejection or something else? Yeah, probably so. Yeah. I judge, you know, people judging me or I think it's even worse is people ignoring me, you know, mm. like, Hey, here's this book, like crickets. That's all, that's all you get. Like, Oh man, that's the worst. So yeah. I think that's the most hated insect of all, right? Crickets. Nobody wants to hear crickets. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Especially in social media, right? Crickets. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, what, why do you think 90% of people, especially Christians are struggling to find their purpose. Why? Yeah. Why? Like God has a purpose yeah. for each and every one of us. Why yeah. are we struggling to find it? Even though we know God, we pray. You know, man, I think, I think there's so many distractions, you know, so many things pulling at our, for us, for attention. And in our consumer world, man, there's just, just so many things that are, you know, calling us, Oh, this is better. This is more entertaining. This is more comforting. This is whatever. And I think there's so many voices in our head, maybe that's uh, distracting us or confusing us. And it's hard to, I think, stay focused on, on this sense of purpose that we've Mm. all been given. Speaking of voices in our head and the wrong voices that we listen to and we follow rather than God's voice, what is the number one spiritual habit um, that has helped you grow your relationship with God? Or maybe still does. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think it comes down to Bible reading and prayer for me over the years. It's just been... I've come back to reading the book, reading the Bible, and then my relationship with God on a, and not, not like a time of prayer, like each day, but a a mindset or a lifestyle of through the day prayer, you know, where there's this continual awareness of his presence that he is with me. I never ask God to be with me because he's already promised he's going to be with me. And so I, I never say that, but I thank God he is with me. And so for me over the past several decade, I guess the 10 years or so just, I've been praying, God, give me a greater awareness of your presence um, throughout the day and at the night, at night when I wake up or something. So to, for me, it's been scripture reading and prayer. It's been the, the spiritual habits that I've had in my life that have grown me and continue to grow me. Awesome. All right. Welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm oh going boy. to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. 
Are you ready? Okay. I suppose. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. What's your favorite thing about God? Um, his patience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's taken me from where I was to where I am and where I'm going. And he's like, come on, baby, let's go. <laughs> you know, we love God's patience, but then the thing we probably hate the most is he asks us to be patient. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what is your least favorite thing about God? Just what you said. <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> Like, can you not hurry up, Lord? <laughs> we need to get this. I got done. a timeline. Let's go. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives, Bruce. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently struggling with right now or challenged by in your mm-hmm. either professionally or personally? My my big prayer these days, this year, especially Joseph, is being able to undo and unlearn stuff that I, that have not helped me things that have not helped me become more like Christ and, and experience a full rich and satisfying life that I mean, you mentioned earlier, um, those things. Cause I think in my life, your life, all our lives, there's thoughts ingrained in our head that's keeping us, that's hindering us from becoming that person we were created to become. Mm. And so I won't, for me, my, Hinge, I want to come is revealing those things first of all because I don't even know they're blind spots, and then then being able to overcome them. Are you willing to share one of those limiting beliefs that you have? Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things, and this kind of speaks to what we've talked about already, is one of the things I've struggled with is that I've I've had this um, exaggerated view of humility that was. Um, I don't really have anything good to bring to the table. So I'm going to sit here in the corner and be quiet, you know, when that's not true, you know, Romans 12, three, I think he says we need to rightly assess or soberly understand, you know, what we bring when you talk about spiritual gifts. And I know I'm misquoting that, but it's a good paraphrase, I think. Um, but, but I, that's been a, one of the things I've had in my mind is that, you know what, I, I don't have really anything to offer. So I'm going to, hide over here. And so becoming a pastor and becoming a leader and being a writer, I've had to overcome all of that. And so I'm still, still like knowing that what I, what God has given me is valuable, that it matters to people. And so I have to keep reminding myself of that. Mm, powerful. I'm glad I asked that. What are you most afraid of? What am I most afraid of? Um, Nah, I don't, I'm bungee jumping, <laughs> I suppose. All right, that's real. Uh, yeah, uh, that's the, I guess the main thing that comes to my mind right now. <laughs> okay, what did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Social media. Social media, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's one thing I'm overcoming as well. It's like, you know what, I'm just going to be on social media for a certain amount of time today and then I'm done. Now, looking back over the past year and all that time you spent on social media, was it worth it? You know, some of it was. Because okay. uh, I wouldn't say I'm going to completely do away with it. But, you know, there are things I see on there that I'll share with my sons, you know, text to them. And we just have a good laugh about stuff. And then other things I see they're important that we can converse about, too. So it's kind of a both and type situation. Some some it's it's been good. But then it's, I can see where it's been. A, I can look at my phone for 20 minutes. And think, oh, my gosh, I just lost 20 minutes right there. Mm. So, yeah. What secret fear do you have about people? 
secret fear do I have about people? I, I really don't, man. You know, I, I'm kind of naive. I suppose I trust people maybe too much sometimes. And so, um, yeah, I guess that's my, I don't really have a secret fear about people. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? That he speaks to me and I need to listen better, you know, and I, like intuitively, I, I have thoughts and ideas that I ignore and I've, and then weeks later, days later, hours later, I look back, and go, oh, I shouldn't, I should have done that. And so maybe having a better sense of the Holy Spirit speaking to me through the day and through the night, I would, yeah, that's a great lesson. I wish I'd learned years ago. Okay. Speaking of that, what's a new habit you're going to create this year? Um, has again, it's related to social media. Actually, both those things really is less like limiting my time, just going through my phone on social media and, um, but then also being more attuned, attuned and aware of the Holy spirit speaking to me and, and doing those things instead of just, ah, you know, blowing them off. Well, it sounds like the first habit will lead to the second habit, won't it? <laughs> yeah, probably. So I'm sure they're connected. And what's a bad habit you're going to break? Um, yeah, social media. <laughs> okay. Don. Yeah. Yeah. Now you just told the world that, so you're publicly committed. So good luck. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, growing, uh, open, um, um, becoming more like Christ. <laughs> okay. Pick three words to describe who you were, uh, before, before you uh, really experienced and uh, God and and surrendered your life to Him, yeah. Um, self-centered, afraid, uh, immature. Got it. And last question, Bruce: If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about God and relationship with Him, what would you say to them? Hmm. I'm thinking I would simply say, you know, the, the center of it, of it all is Jesus. Yeah, that's where it is, where I'm, you know, in heaven now. Um, do it. I mean, make him the center of your world now because that's what it is at the end of the day. It's Jesus. All right. This is uh, the time of the show where you get to give my audience a homework assignment for this week. Oh, wow. What, okay. What is one action that BC Nation must take today or this week uh, to grow their faith, grow their relationship, grow their impact uh, with God and his kingdom? Yeah. I would say be open to something uncomfortable that God's leading you to do. And don't shut it down because it makes you nervous or afraid. All right, that was a full circle back to what we said earlier. Have those hard conversations, those yeah. uncomfortable, awkward conversations, BC Nation. That's your challenge this week. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, All right, man. BC Nation, if you enjoy the show, go to iTunes or Stitcher. 
uh, write an honest review or just go to brokencatholic.com. That's the bypass, brokencatholic.com. If we like what you write, uh, I'll go ahead and share it publicly. I know I've been saying this for a few weeks and soon I'm going to start dripping uh, some some plugs for you and uh, call you out live on the show across the world, you know? So thanks for doing that. Uh, Write a five-star review if you feel it's worthy of a five-star. Or like Bruce, only give me a four-star. Bruce, you know I was going to do that. You know I was going to do that, buddy. All right? Um, Because one episode just didn't fully do it for you. You know, give me a four-star across the entire entire podcast, all my shows. Just pick that one and and, and rate me on. I'm kidding. All right, Bruce. Will you forgive me? <laughs> I forgive you. You okay? Thanks. Man. You see that BC nation? That's <laughs> awkward and freedom. Look at God. Go God. Yes, beautiful. All right, uh, Bruce. What's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you if they so choose? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, and then I'm also on Facebook, so you can connect with me both those places. I'd love to chat with people. I'd be glad to do that. And they just look up Bruce Pittman. Yes. Yeah, I uh, have an author page on Facebook. Uh, writer in um, thanks Bruce Pittman writer so you can find me there on Facebook as well yeah awesome Bruce thank you for being on Broken Catholic thank you for your honesty uh, your vulnerability the transparency and really leading us one step closer to God thank yeah. you for that today and I I'm wish you grateful. God's love peace and joy in your life sir yeah bless you God may God bless you as well man all your listeners as well man thank you so much Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. You have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger. Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net. 
and let's see if I'm your guy.